What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We are coming at you with another podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? What's going on, everyone? So today we are now, what, less than three weeks from the draft. Uh, I believe we are recording on Friday. The draft is, you know, I guess two Thursdays from now. So... Uh, we are going to start getting into some of these rookies. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. We're going to break down six of them. Uh, we're going to kind of, you know, I guess rank our six or, you know, rank the top six in our, in our you know, based on our opinion. But uh, before that, there is a couple things we do have to discuss. Um, so I'm going to get to the more important thing last. I'm going to see the best part, the best news for last because we need to get in a little discussion about that. But first couple thing was uh, Jordan Howard resigns with the Eagles. Uh, does that do anything to Miles Sanders? Nope. I don't think it does anything. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, Miles Sanders still late second, third round pick right now. Um, next up, you have Giovanni Bernard being released. Uh, right now leaves um, P. Ryan behind... Joe Mixon is the only backup right now, I believe. Uh, does this help Joe Mixon a little bit? Maybe in- increase his, his pass-catching role going into this year? Yeah, I definitely think this is something that's going to help Joe Mixon because Giovanni Bernard, you know, throughout his career has been the guy that they kind of lean on in the third down role uh, since Joe has been there. And now that he's gone, I think, you know, that definitely opens up pass-catching work for Joe. And, um, you know, he had a lot of rest last year, so – you know, I don't know how much further this moves him up in a lot of people's drafts because a lot of people are salty about Joe Mixon, but you know, I like this move. Me, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was, uh, you know, those are the two things that popped in my head. Another thing that popped in it, or that you know we did not discuss on last week's podcast that I want to talk about is the 17 game ski- season. Uh, you know, the NFL expanding to one extra game. I hate this personally. Um, I think it does away. First off, any all records are going to be completely, you know, completely uh, risk for being broken, which just immediately sucks. You know, for guys like and you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, the guys who have been doing this for, you know, for so long that for you know they did this for years. Um, I know some of the older guys. I think they had like fourteen schedules and twelve game schedules, but. It's been 16 for what? At least 40 years, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. Definitely uh, yeah, since. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely been since like the late 80s. I know that because I know OJ. When OJ broke 2000, he was in a 12 game season or 14 game season. Uh, and then after that, you know, I know it was. I might have been like the late 80s that 16 game season started because I know. I'm trying to think. You know, 72 Dolphins were a 14-game season because if you remember, they went through the playoffs and won every game, so they ended up winning 17 games. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I, it had to have been in, like, the late 80s, I would say. Uh, so we're basically looking at about 30 years of, of 16 games at least. Uh, as far as back as I can go, I remember I, 1990 – Giants won the Super Bowl as far back as I can remember, and it's been the you know thirty or sixteen games since then. We're at least talking you know thirty to forty years. Um, 
but I hate this. You know what I mean? Like all those guys, you know, have been playing for that and had established. And I know, you know, guys like Dan Marino and, and, you know, he had been the guys before him with his 16 compared to the guys who had 14. But if it ain't broke, man, I know these owners are just money hungry, you know, greed balls that just want to put more money in their pockets, but we're still going to watch. So I just don't like it. I think it's, you know, I, I think it was unnecessary. Yeah, I think you're just putting players more at risk than they need to be. You know what I mean? Like, and you're not getting them. We were, they were talking about it last week when we kind of mentioned it that we were saying that maybe they bring in, you know, a two week bye week and they talked about it, but it didn't seem like it just grew any legs. They kind of were just, you know what? We're going to leave it 17 game season, uh, you know, and not do anything to try to help these players recuperate. Um, you know, I have heard, uh, you know, I know the the schedule came out so i actually haven't looked at it um but i don't know if the actual schedule came i know they're saying who what teams are playing what teams but yeah it's like it's the team that you played in 2019 yeah uh one like so i know i know the packers and chiefs for instance yeah yeah like i know that's one of the games that um you know uh, that's one of the games it's like one of the bigger games so to speak so you know, for me, it's just, you know, you're putting more wear and tear on players. You're not really doing anything to help out the wear and tear, uh, you know, except taking out a buy, you know, a, a preseason game, which, you know, what the hell? Is, I mean, like, guys don't play in week four of the preseason. Like, nobody that you draft on your fantasy team plays in week four of the preseason. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I, I think, you know, like Kev said, it's just – the rich trying to get richer and not giving any benefit to fantasy football. And this is the other thing that we have to talk about. How are you going to approach your seasons? Because, you know, in I my, would wanted to get into as well. Yeah. Like, how are you going to approach your seasons? Because if, if, you know, but normally playoffs start week 14, so 14, 15, 16, right. You know, in the leagues that I run, it's probably just going to stay the same. It's probably going to be 14, 15, 16, because love that idea i thought the same thing i'm so, like i believe like i didn't know what you say but that is 100 percent my idea like, yeah my my feeling as well just leave things way the fantasy season the way it is 13 games you know three and if you get interesting make it a two-week championship instead of a one-week championship and that way you get an extra you know i mean that's that's the only thing that i would change yeah anything extra yeah, and see, for me, the kind of, the thing that I'm, you know, the in the reason my reasoning for just leaving it a 15 game season is because I feel like if you make it, let's say you make it, you know, week, you know, you start week 15, 16, 17, you don't know if God, they're going to sit guys in week 17 and 18. I mean, like you have, you're going to have teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and you know maybe Baltimore this year, and or, you know they're different teams that are going to be, you're going to have their division wrapped up right? They'll have their division wrapped up and, you know, they could sit guys for two weeks this, you know what I mean? Because they're not, they're getting the extra game. You know I mean, it, they'd rather take the two weeks and, and have, you know, guys going into the playoffs real fresh. You know what I mean? So I just feel like I don't know how many guys are going to be missing out of week 17. I don't know how many guys are going to be, week, you know, obviously weeks 18. You got a week 18. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Plus you got a week 18. So, 
you know, I feel like you just leave it the way it is. See what You're happens this year. You're almost assured that your championship players are going to be there. Exactly. Everybody, like, you know what I mean? Uh, reg- unless it's health-related, you're almost sure that players that got you to the championship are going to be competing in your championship. Exactly. So that, that's what I feel. I feel you just leave it the same and then, you know, figure it out next year. This year, leave it the same. Next year, if if week 17, all of the start NFL starters play, then you can talk about moving it to weeks 15, 16, 17. But until you actually see that happen, you know I mean, I'm not going to risk I'm not going to risk losing, you know, two of my all stars in a championship game because I decided to move the playoffs up one week uh, for a change that might not stick. You know, what I mean, this might not stick. So. And I doubt it's going to not stick. It's probably going to stay this way. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in the next five years we see an 18-game season. That would not surprise oh, that's me. Definitely. Yeah, that's coming. That's definitely- yeah, that's coming. So, you know, but for right now, until we till we know that for sure, you know what I mean, to me, I'm not, I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to leave it. I cannot even believe that we are in 100% agreement with that. I, I, I thought I was not sure what you were going to say. We did not beforehand. But that was a hundred percent my feeling is just leave the shit the way it is. I hit, listen to other podcasts and they're like, "Well, now you're gonna have a fourteen game regular season and you're gonna have, like, nah, just leave shit the way it is and after this. Like, I, I I don't even think adjust after this. Like, I just I like the sixteen game schedule. I like thirteen regular season games, but obviously the adjustments are gonna be made. You know, as the seasons get long, it's got an eighteen game schedule is coming so. Mm, yes sir alright and so the last thing we got up is Sam Darnold I was ecstatic when I saw this Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers for a fourth round pick this year I believe and then a second and fourth next year uh, the draft pick conference compensation um, I I absolutely love this for Darnold please get this I feel bad for I'm guessing Zach Wilson and we'll talk about it later but just to give this DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson to throw to, and Robbie for you know a year or two, but give this guy some guys to throw the ball to. A better offensive coach, the best running back in the NFL. I guarantee you, Sam Darnold this year is going to perform. I, I, I I'm almost positive to see his guy perform to to the level of his talent. Uh, you know, he's everybody, you know, remembers him from the I'm seeing ghosts out there. Well, it's the Patriots. You know, he was a young quarterback against the Patriots, whatever. And, you know, you're from the, you know, mono incident. But this kid was one of the, like, most talented kids coming to draft in recent memory. Like he was, he was a stud. I remember watching him at USC uh, in the bowl game event against Penn state. And he just destroyed Penn state in that bowl game. Um, you know, the guy, the guy had a ton of talent. Now he was a freshman at that point, but um, you know, I, I just think that this is such a big move for him. I think it's a big move for Carolina. I think they needed to make a, a change. Teddy was a little too conservative. He's always been that throughout his career. They got guys like Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore who can get down the field. They need a field-stretching quarterback, especially with, with Christian McCaffrey at, as the running back, who's going to take all the off that deep ball because there's going to be so much tension drawn to him. I just think this is such a, a good move. I'm almost sure that this kid is going to perform in Carolina. Yep, I agree. Uh, you know, 
for fantasy purposes, I think Sam Darnold is more of a, you know, back end QB two. So some I would say like 16, 17, 18, maybe, you know, between 16 and 20. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to be somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Um, but he does have the upside to be, you know, I think in, you know, 13 to 16. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't see it, say he could be a top 12 guy just because I think they are going to lean on Christian McCaffrey a little bit this year. You know what I mean? After him missing a lot of last season mm-hmm. and, you know, Christian McCaffrey, we all know is one of the better backs in fantasy football, um, in all of football. So, you know, I could see Christian McCaffrey, you know, doing his thing this year, but Sam Darnold is going to throw like they, they threw the ball in you know, Carolina last year. So I don't think moving from Teddy, you know, Bridgewater to Sam Darnold, they're going to throw the ball less. Like I, I think they might throw it just a little bit more. And, you know, Teddy finished at, what was it? Quarterback 23 or 24 or something last year. Um, yeah. And he missed like, he missed a game and, yeah, and points per game, he was. I think he was like low end number two quarterback. I could see Sam Darnold being, you know, in between anywhere from thirteen to twenty. You know, what I mean, he could finish somewhere in there if, you know, if they start clicking. They're obviously they're gonna have to click together and figure things out. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I like I like the move definitely. All right, so that wraps up the news items that we wanted to talk about. We're now going to get into these rookie quarterbacks. Like I said, we're going to go over six. Um, you know, we're going to go count back. So we're going to start at number six. Um, we're going to talk. I think we both. Uh, well, you know what? Who do you have at six, Steve? You you can go number six. Yeah, I have Kyle Trask at six. Okay, Kyle Trask as well. Okay. From the six, we were going to discuss. Going to discuss. So let's get into Kyle Trask a little bit. Uh, why don't you talk about him and what you thought? All right. So I believe I have mentioned on the podcast before. I would be surprised if I didn't, but I am a Gator fan. So I'm a little bit biased on this one, but I like this guy's game. Like there's, there, I don't really have too many complaints about what Kyle Trask does. Um, I mean, his arm strength is a little bit questionable, I would say. And sometimes he becomes a statue in the pocket and really sometimes he'll take unnecessary sacks and you know he needs to if he was more like a drew breeze moving in the pocket like figuring out like little pockets you know uh, of maneuvering like drew breeze did uh, he'd be he'd be great because i would say that is his biggest issue that i saw you know watching him this year i watched about I probably watched about six Florida games. You know, I try to watch them all, but, you know, my work schedule and I record all the games, but, you know, I just sometimes I just can't get to it. But, you know, I I really like this kid's game. I mean, he's got a nice, accurate ball. He's got a good, quick release. Uh, You know, he's really got, you know, all the tools to be a good NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? He can... He can beat you with a long ball. I wouldn't say he has the greatest long ball arm, but he does have a, you know, a nice pretty, you know, teardrop type, you know, throw. He's intelligent, like he sees the field well. You know what I mean? It also helps that he had Kyle Pitts throwing to, you know, to throw to, uh who was basically always open. Um and he has really good timing. That's one thing I noticed about him that his timing on his throws, when you see guys coming across on slants or crosses or, you know, things like that, he has really good placement and timing on the throw to be able to get it there. So, you know, I think this kid could be really, you know, 
I think he could be good. I, I don't. I'm not going to say he's going to be a. You know, he's probably not going to be a top three round guy. Uh, you know, I think he might go in the third round, fourth round. Uh, but I, I think if he sat behind somebody a little bit and learned, you know, how to maneuver around in the pocket and get used to a pass, you know, an NFL style pass rush, I do think he could be a really good quarterback for a team. So, you know, I think as somebody, if you're in dynasty, I would take him. You know, you probably get him in the third round. And I would take him and, you know, stash him, maybe put him on my taxi squad, depending on what team he goes to. And, you know, some teams might like him a little bit better than, you know, I'm saying here. And he might go, you know, second round, become an NFL starter, you know, sooner than we think. So it's definitely a guy that I like, but I'm not going to say that he's going to get drafted real high. Yeah. Um, so watching the tape that I did on on Trask, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Kirk Cousins. Um, just, you know, a guy doesn't have the greatest arm strength, but can get the ball downfield. Um, not the most, not the most mobile quarterback. One thing, you know, I did notice about him is ball placement was, was excellent on the throws that I was low on the throws that I watched. Um, you know, like you said, it kind of makes it easy when you have big bodies like Kyle Pitts to throw the ball to. So, you know, it, Allowing them to make plays becomes a little bit easier when you can throw the ball, you know, 11 feet in the air and this guy can still come down with it. But his ball placement a lot of times was was very good. Um, I remember specifically looking at one where, um, you know, Pitts had two two guys and he threw back, but it wasn't really back. It was almost like back ankle. But it was so such a good ball placement that the defenders had no way to defend it, and Pitts just made a hell of a catch on it, and it, it literally was in a spot where only he could catch it. I mean, there was the guy's ball placement was very good in the in the little bit that I watched. Um, what would be a team you would like to see him end up on? I'm going to do this with every with all the quarterback. If you could have him on one team, which one would you like to see him on? It's funny that you say Kirk Cousins because I think he would be perfect for the Minnesota Vikings because, you know, he kind of plays, like you said, you know, like, a, you know, like a Kirk Cousins. He's a good, you know, pocket passer, you know, not a guy that's going to run around a whole lot with his feet. He does, you know, he will get out of the pocket, but not very often. Um, so I think, you know, he's a great guy to sit behind Kirk Cousins and, you know, when Kirk, you know, his time is up, then you can bring him right in. And I think he fits perfectly in that offense. All right. Moving on to number five. All right. So All right. my number five is Mac Jones. Um, okay. So uh, I have mixed emotions about Mac Jones. So, yeah. I liked Mac Jones' game. I think he's intelligent. I think he's, you know, he's an accurate passer. He's good in the pocket. Uh, he has good ball placement. Does not have a very big arm. You know, I mean, has an okay, uh, has an okay arm. Um, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely a guy that can make the throws. But I wouldn't say I, I would trust him to put in all the throws. You know, what I mean, like those those bullet passes that you need to zing into a wide receiver to get it completed. You know I mean, I don't, I just don't think he's going to do that. Um, you know, but he does have, he, he does have an arm. I'm not going to say it's bad. It's not a terrible arm. It's not a great arm. It's 
somewhere in the middle there. Um, but I just think I think teams are going to overvalue what he did last year because of you know what Devonte Smith Devonta Smith did last year. I mean Devonta Smith, the dude broke basically every freaking record that you could break. Um, but I just I just don't like him, I think, as much as a lot of NFL guys like him. I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, but I think being at Alabama behind, you know, that offensive line with, you know, the wide receivers that he had to throw to while he was there and, you know, probably one of the best running backs to come out of the draft in a pretty, you know, past couple of years. Last year's class was, you know, I would say just as good, the top of the class. But, you know, Najee Harris ain't no joke. You watch, watch Najee Harris play football. That dude is a beast. You know what I mean? And that offensive line is really good. So I like him. He's going to be a first-round guy, but I just don't like him as much as other people will. He'll be a guy that I'm probably not taking in my fantasy teams. Uh, Yeah. All right. So let me just start off by saying this. Um, year in, year out, everybody goes crazy for the quarterbacks. And, and I think it's been proven that this is kind of not the best philosophy in my opinion. Like, I, I mean, I, I get going all in for a quarterback that you think you like, but I just, sometimes I feel like these teams just rush to get the quarterback because they're every, you know, they're, they're desired or they're like, I mean, I think it's 2000 starting at 2017. If you go back from 2017 to 2009, at least maybe even go back to Matt Ryan. There's not a quarterback that's on the same team that was drafted in the first round. There's not a quarterback that's still on that same team. You know, um, you know, Wentz, Goff, both gone. They're they're more of the recent ones, but you you know you go back to Stafford now. You go back to, um, you know, James just look Winston. at it. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Those guys are no longer on their teams. Like you can you can go back and and this philosophy has proven not really to be the most successful. Um, you know, you have Baker who last year up until last year like we didn't know what whether this guy was going to be on on the team or not i mean obviously he earned himself another year but i don't even think baker was like the greatest of of quarterbacks last year i think he just performed you know he had a great running game behind him that really helped but you know it's just not being really proven to be the greatest you know thing the rush to get these quarterbacks up here because number one you know you look at russell wilson you look at um, Dak Prescott, you know, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. He was a third round pick. Tom Brady, sixth round pick. And I know these guys are hard to find, but you can get guys in the later rounds. You can fill in with veterans and, and you know, lower paid veterans like a, like a Fitzpatrick and just build your team until you can find this guy. So I don't like the idea of rushing up, trading up to get a quarterback. It's just not my opinion of how you build a successful team. Um, so, as for fantasy purposes, like one, maybe two of these guys might be fantasy relevant this year. Like, I, I, you know, we're, we're basically discussing them. I think from how our opinion on the quarterback, not from a fan, because I, if we're talking about a fantasy angle, I mean, I don't even know. I, I probably wouldn't want any of them with the exception of 
Lawrence and maybe Fields, and we can get into that. And we're still going to f- see where they go. But um, my fifth quarterback would probably be Trey Lance. Uh, the reason I say that is because I just don't know enough about him. Like, I, you know, he, he – I, all right, so I listened to the CBS podcast, and the, and the guy that they had on basically said, like, that North Dakota State is basically, like, the Alabama of FCS. Like, that's Division Two, I'm guessing, I think it is. So, like, they're, like, the Alabama of Division Two. So they get all the best talent for Division Two. Um, their system was predominantly oriented. Um, the guy never had more than 23 passes in the game, which is, you know, one thing I was looking at, um, uh, on top of that, you know, a lot of their plays is a lot of play action. That's just designed to free up a wide receiver running across the field. that's wide open. Um, I know Carson Wentz was in the same situation and, you know, obviously he turned out to be a pretty good quarterback for a few years. And I don't know what happened last year. His mind went ballistic, but, you know, so I obviously, you know, don't think that that's necessarily the hugest issue, but I just need to see the guy play in more games. You know, the guy, uh, you know, he's, he has no, he has very limited experience, you know, 23, or I'm sorry, I think he played in 17 games, one this year, which he was not, he wasn't at his best in. And, you know, just to, just, it's hard for me to draft a quarterback that early, not knowing, like knowing that he had one good season of division two football. You know, I just, that for me is going to completely be a struggle. And, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, to me, he would be best sitting behind somebody. I, I, if I had to pick a team, I would say the New England Patriots. I would love to see Trey Lance get back to to uh, the Patriots at fifteen because I think he can sit behind Cam Newton, uh, similar big body type quarterback, um, behind an, a Hall of Fame coach and a former MVP quarterback. Like I think this guy would learn a lot, and you know, to me, uh, that's why Lance is my number uh, five guy. And I'll go into number four. Four for me is Mac Jones. Basically, a lot of things that Steve said. You know, you go to Alabama, you're getting the best talent in the country, period. The guy threw to the, the Heisman Award winner. He was throwing to uh, yeah, um, uh, Jalen Waddell, you know, pre-injury. Um, he had a, the best run game to lean on. He, you know, one of the best. I, you know, Najee Harris right now is, is the number one running back in the draft in most people's you know, opinion. Um, so, you know, you get the best line in the draft. It just does not, it, it, it's a great situation while you're in school, obviously, but it doesn't set you up well for going into the, the NFL where you might not, especially as a high draft pick where you might not be behind that great offensive line or have that great running back to lean on or throw to the best wide receivers. So, you know, to me, Mac Jones is Mac Jones could, you know, be uh, you know he's a statue in the pocket he does not have the greatest arm strength downfield um you know to me that's that's going to be the biggest thing with mac jones is you know can this guy continue his success without the the 
talent at every position. You know, I, I honestly, San Fran, I know is is a lot of you know drafting him there. That's not a bad one, honestly. I, it's not a bad spot for him to land. I don't want him to be the starter, and it doesn't look like he would be right off the bat. It looks like they're going to keep Jimmy as their starter, but. You know, to have the running game, the, the Shanahan, you know, running game to lean on with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, both guys we saw out there that are elite playmakers with George Kittle, the the most athletic tight end in the NFL. Um, I think those, you know, those, those weapons with that running game and, and hopefully they would add another running back at some point. I don't think Moster's like the future of, of running backs in, in San Fran, but if that's going to wind up being the destination he winds out at, winds up at, I would definitely like to see him sit behind Jimmy G, you know, kind of gather himself, you know, see the field because the line's not bad in 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 San Fran either. You got Trent Williams out there, you just traded for, gave him a big contract. So you know, to me, I, I do think Mac Jones is number four out of these quarterbacks, uh, but I I do think he needs. I I would like to see him get groomed a little bit more. So I'll talk about Trey Lance because he's my number four. So okay. uh, North Dakota State is is they're they are a D one school, but they're a subdivision D one school. They're not they're not like one of the D one schools in that like SEC. They're they're actually in the FCA or FCS. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they're in the you know they're what in a different like division one double A. Yeah, it's basically it's, yeah. it used to be the division one double A. That's what it used to be. Now it's called the FCS. So it's like okay. the subdivision of you know division one football. So yeah. you know like. It's not the Mac Ten. It's not you know all those guys are Division ones. So, um, okay. So with, I I like this kid. I I think he has potential, uh, but like I said, he has potential. I don't know if he's gonna live up to that potential. So, you know, for me, it's kind of hard for me to be like, oh yeah, he's gonna be great in the NFL. But you know, what I mean, the dude, he. If you watched him run, my man can run his ass off. Like, he's all over the field. He can run all over the place. He can make all the throws. My man's arm is no joke. Like, he's got he's got a, a holitzer on his arm. Like, that dude is no no joke. He can he can get the ball downfield. He, and he has really good deep ball accuracy. Like, he's not, you know, he doesn't overthrow a lot of guys. Like, Cam Newton coming out of college is a perfect example. Like, when you looked at Cam coming out of college, Cam could throw the deep ball, but it was not always accurate. And still, to this day, it's not always accurate. He can throw it. You know what I mean? He can throw the shit out of it. You know what I mean? But he's not always going to hit, you know, the target. As where this kid, he's got, he's accurate. Like he 100% has, has the accuracy to go deep and to go deep over the middle and all over, you know, to the outside, you know, outside of the boundaries. Like he's, he's definitely a guy that can make all the throws. Um, he, like I said, he has really good mobility, really good feet. He keeps his eyes downfield, you know, while he's scrambling, which to me is a huge thing. You know what I mean? When, when you have these running quarterbacks, like a Cam Newton and, uh, uh, you know, guys like that, that can run with the ball. Uh, a lot of those guys that have the, that kind of ability, they, when they start going, you know, moving around the pocket and trying to figure out where the hell they're going, they get their eyes down you know, towards the defenders or, you know, to see where they can go and not looking down the field to see where their wide receivers are going. But he does that, and he does that really well. Um, he's got – I wouldn't say he's like a – you know, he's he's definitely no Lamar Jackson when you're, com- when you're talking about speed or, you know, Tyler Murray, but he's quick. You know what I mean? He's got quick feet, and he's, he's a big dude. He's, you know what I mean? Like, 
the dude is 6'3", 220. So, you know, he's not a small guy. Um, so I like I like his ability. And like Kev said with the 49ers, I mean, people are talking about him going to the 49ers. To me, I think that's a perfect landing spot well, for no, him. Not. Well, I was talking about Mac Jones with the 49ers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were saying with him. But – I mean, if he goes to the 49ers, I think that's a perfect spot because, you know, Jimmy G, I, I don't think they really want Jimmy G to be the long-term solution. But if he sits behind Jimmy G for a year and the 49ers, you know, load up this year in, in the draft and, you know, maybe next year in some free agency agent signings, they're a team that already can win. So, you know, if he sits behind somebody and learns, you know, gets – gets to see NFL football and see how fast it is and, and all that other stuff. And he gets to process it kind of like a, you know, like, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers sit behind, you know, one of the greats of all time and Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, we saw, I wouldn't say one of the greats of all time, but Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. So, you know, these guys got to sit and see what's going on. And when they came in, they were ready. They were ready to go. And I think, you know, that would really benefit Trey, you know, Trey a lot. Um, the one things that I do want to say that I did not really like watching his, you know, watching his film is his field vision really not that good. He's more of a, you know, this guy's open. I'm throwing to this guy. (laughs) He wasn't, Mm -hmm. he wasn't like a progression quarterback. He wasn't a guy that, you know, looked at this guy and then looked at his tight end and then looked in the backfield for his running back coming out the backfield. It was kind of almost a lot of the time, you know, see this guy, throw this guy, see this guy. He's not, he's covered run. And, you know, he needs to definitely work that up, you know, a lot. Um, He takes off a lot, which is another thing I don't really like about, you know, he takes off a lot. You know what I mean? Like he, when you watch him play, you'll see, you know, if the first guy's not open, he's running. Like there's, there's not even a question. It's almost like I see a hole, I'm I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Uh, I kind of feel the same way about Justin Fields too, as we get to him. But yeah. I, I do agree with that. I think I think you start to see that he 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 relied a lot on his legs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's not gonna that's not gonna be that's not gonna be something that he does in the NFL. And that's that was a lot of the system. I mean, like you know, it's it's play a, a lot of play action, a lot of one read, and if the read's not there, when you're you're got to take off because you're, you know you're not you're not trained to look for that second read, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think he's got the, the talent, you yeah. know, like you said, I think he's got potential, but you know, my issue would be, um, just, you know, it, 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 the fact that he doesn't have experience really in a game, I mean, 17 games in college and, and, you know, we're talking about this guy being drafted in the, in the top 10, you know? So it's, it's definitely, um, you know, he, he definitely he definitely needs some experience. Yeah, um, number three, that was a lot. Definitely. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so my number three is Zach Wilson. Um, oh. All right. So I too. Yeah. Number three is, is Zach Wilson. I, there's a lot of things about Zach Wilson I liked. Like his his highlight reel is fun to watch. Like he, yeah, it's his, re- really good. It's really fun to watch his his highlight reel because the dude is you know throwing underhand and he's throwing you know he's throwing these no look passes and he's doing he's doing kind of the Patrick Mahomes thing you know what I mean and you know it's fun to watch but I I want to I don't want to bat I don't want to sound like I'm bashing the kid because I do think he has NFL talent I think he could be very very good um but I don't see him 
coming into a team like they're saying, you know, the Jets obviously traded Sam Darnold, and a lot of people are saying Zach Wilson's going to the Jets. Like that is a definite thing. I don't see a guy that is going to turn a franchise around, especially because I think Fran- I think Sam Darnold was a better, you know, quarterback coming out of college. I, I do. I really, I really do. Watching Sam Darnold, I thought he was a better prospect. Um, so I'll, I'll talk up Zach Wilson before I, I, I say some of the things that I, you know, don't like about him. So, you know, he definitely has field vision. You can see he has field vision. He, he goes through the progression. Well, he's looking at different guys. He's not focused on one person. He's kind of moving around. Uh, he has wheels like he can run. I wouldn't say he's, you know, he ain't no sprinter, but you know, he gets in the open field. He can run a little bit. So he's, he's good at moving in the pocket. He's good at seeing a rush when a rush is coming, you know, he can get around defenders and kind of maneuver himself to be able to make a throw. He's always looking downfield. He's always doing things where, you know, you'll see a a wide receiver get open and he kind of throws him open or he, I mean, he does, he does a lot of things and he looks natural doing it. He doesn't look, he doesn't look stiff to me. He looks like he moves around. Well, he looks like he can throw the ball. I think his release is a little bit slow, but that's something they can work on and get that fixed. Um, Sometimes he he tends to throw sidearm a lot, like when he's, you know, moving around in the pocket, which, you know, it works when you, when you make a play that's like, wow. But sometimes it makes me a little bit nervous, especially the way NFL defenses move. Um, That would make me just a little bit nervous. But other than that, I, I, I like his all around game. The problems that I have is we're not talking about like a very big dude here. I mean, he's like six. No, he, he does not have elite NFL size. He's, no. Well, he is six three, but he's two hundred and ten pounds. He's yeah. literally a pick. Yeah, you know? exactly. He's a, a skinny guy. Um, and you know, I I think a lot of the running he was doing in college, like if you watch, the guys were catching him in college. In the NFL, you're caught. There's there's no catching him. Like you're in the NFL, these guys are the elite of the elite pass rushers in the world. Like a lot of the touchdown running touchdowns you'll see him get. There's a guy chasing him in the NFL. He's Daryl's guys are going to catch him. Like he's going to get tackled a lot. Uh, so I worry about him getting hit and, you know, being able to withstand it. If I'm being honest, I, I just think, you know, he doesn't have the quarter, you know, the prototypical quarterback size. Um, he also has an injury history, which makes me a little bit nervous. You know what I mean? He's had the shoulder injury, had surgery on it. You know what I mean? So that's something that definitely makes me a little bit nervous about, about him. Uh, especially going to a Jets team that the offensive line is not that great. I mean, I know they no. got Makai Becton, but that offensive line was not good. And Makai Becton wasn't anything, you know, I think he will be. I mean, you got to remember the dude was 20 when he was drafted. So, you know, I mean, he's one of the long, youngest offensive linemen in the NFL, in history of the NFL. But, you know, he'll grow and he'll be, he'll get better. But uh, the rest of that line is not good. That line is no. shit. So it makes me a little bit nervous for him going there and, you know, that, that's that's what I'll say about about, you know, Zach Wilson. I don't really have much to add. Uh, I think that what you said was basically it. And I think it's most most people's kind of issue. Like, I, I think you can tell he has the talent. He has the excitement. Um, he has the personality, which at times they say is a little too cocky and arrogant. So, you know, I mean, that's a good thing at times, though, for an NFL quarterback. Like, I don't want my quarterback to be stiff. So, um you know, he has the talent, he has the arm strength, he has the, you know, the field vision, you know, ability to make all the throws, but number one, 
you have to make sure his, you control his personality, doesn't let him his head get too too big for himself, which in the NFL that can come to a halt really quick. And number two, you have to um, is like you said, his his body man, like this guy had an injury in high school and an injury in in his freshman year, and you're talking about like. 300 pound grown men landing on top of this guy like you know it it doesn't take much (laughs) to to dislocate a shoulder especially if you're not built for the nfl so it's definitely something that you have to think and and even with makai becton you like you're talking about the line i agree becton becton is even was described last year even more as a mauler and a run blocker. Like he wasn't the greatest pass blocker. That's not really why they drafted him. So, you know, he, he was known more for his run blocking. And I think they want to kind of develop his pass blocking. So, you know, he's definitely going to have to get better if they're going, if this is, you know, they're going to go and draft a, you know, a, a first round quarterback. But I completely agree. I think I, I don't believe that this Jets team needed to draft a quarterback. I think you kept Sam Darnold. You take, maybe even trade back if somebody wanted Zach Wilson. Rumor was the Eagles wanted Zach Wilson. Trade back to six. Get Jamar Chase. Get you know another uh, uh, Sewell from Oregon. Get another you know so you got bookend tackles. Get uh. Um, you know, a tight Kyle Pitts, you know, maybe upgrade your defense, do something else and let Sam Darnold succeed (laughs) because like, you're not giving him any chance. And this kid's going to walk into a situation that he's throwing to Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder and who else? Uh, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Yeah. Mims is completely unproven. Corey Davis until last year was, was a, a legit bus candidate. And Jamison Crowder is like fifty, you know. So like we gotta like really look at what he's what he's throwing to, and and you know the fact that he has no line and 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 not really doesn't have the size. It's it's it, this could be a bad combination, uh, you know, going coming down the stretch here, of you know, I don't want to say I don't want to predict an injury, but. Just a guy with an injury history going to a a team with zero line. It's 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 hard not to think that that could be something uh, coming down the pipeline. Yep. All right. So number two, we both have Justin Fields. I'm assuming. Yes, sir. Justin Fields. Uh, all right. Um, all right. So my thing with Justin Fields, um, everything you watch with this guy is pretty good, especially last year. Like he was just unbelievable. Um. I'm really going to focus on the Indiana game. Uh, you know, I that game I actually watched. I don't watch a lot of college football, but that was like a three versus nine matchup, and I just happened to be home on a Saturday and watched it. What I noticed a lot about that game, because that was probably one of his worst games, they brought a lot of pressure from Indiana. Indiana brought a lot of pressure up the middle. Um, they did a lot of containment with their defensive ends, and all their pressure came up the gut. They did a lot of stunts and gains, too, to get pressure up the middle. And when you got in his face, um, it kind of made it a little hard for him to make the quick decision, which 
you know, fortunately, because of how good he is and how athletic he is, he was able to get out of a lot of pressures. But Indiana could have literally legitimately had like 12 sacks in the game. That's how much they were in his face. Um, NFL teams are going to see that. So they're, you know, you're definitely going to have to, you know, he's definitely going to have to make quicker decisions. That's another thing with Ohio State. And they're not. They make it so easy for the quarterback, similar to what we were talking about with Trey Lance, where you have one read to make, that read's not there, kind of take off. And, you know, that's been one of the knocks on on Justin Fields is, you know, make not making the reads or not really having to make reads because, you know, he's throwing to receivers that are better than the cornerbacks on the other team. And the system is, is, is just geared to, to that. But, um, you know, while I'm sitting here, you know, basically coming up with his negatives, the kid's just, he's just an all around athlete and he has a great arm. He has the ability to make just about any throw. I mean, this kid was, I watched this one play. I forget which one. It was not the Indiana game. It was on a highlight that I saw, but he literally threw a line from 47 yards, like from the 47 yard line to the goal line, like literally probably about 20 yards in the air on a line. Like it was a seed like that, you know, that's real arm strength. Like, you know, and the athletic ability of being able to escape the rush, you know, running, I think it was a four, three, nine. I think he ran at the, at the combine. Like the guy's got elite athleticism and the ability to make all the throws, you know, it's all going to be about his him upstairs. Like, is he going to be able to learn how to play the NFL game where you have to read offenses, you have to, you know, see A and B, you know, folk, you know, C A, it's not there. Move the C, move the B. B's not there, move the C. You know, if C is your check down, pass the ball to your running back. If the rush is coming on you, get out of play. But making the quick decisions and the quick reads is going to be ultimately what determines his success or failure in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into the whole Dan Orlovsky thing of whether this, whether his work ethic is good or not, whether he's the last one in, first one out. Uh, you know, that that was what was said, and and I don't, you know, I I don't talk to anybody. I, I you know, I, all I can do is listen to ESPN and tell me what these guys tell me, but. Um, as far as watching the guy play, uh, he looks like a stud. Um, it's all going to be about whether he he can translate the college game to the NFL to to the NFL game, you know, and start making reads, you know, start using his brain and, and really developing into an NFL quarterback because it's two different two different types of of you know football. It really is like you get into the NFL. You can't just focus on one receiver because that receiver ninety percent of the time isn't going to be open. You know, so that that would be the only thing I could say about Justin Fields that I, you know, I think is going to basically be his hindrance. Yep. I I mean, I have a couple just a couple things to add. I mean, like to me, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this comparison, but. And I didn't hear anybody make this comparison, but <laughs> I think he's like he's a better Cam Newton. Like that's that's what I see when I see him. He's six foot three, two hundred and almost thirty pounds. Uh, he's a bigger like you can actually see it on the field. He's a bigger dude. Like he's like Cam Newton, big dude, right? Cam Newton's obviously six five, so he's like two inches taller. It, it was decisively bigger. He was yes, almost like he's two forty. Yeah, he was two forty six six five. He's a big dude. So, 
but he's only 10 pounds lighter than cam and through in two inches shorter so he's not cam's exact size but he looks thicker yeah. like cam he looks like a thicker yeah. dude like cam does and he's way more accurate than Cam Newton. It's not close. Oh, like when for you're, sure. When you're talking his, about his arm is yeah, his arm is better. Level. It's way better. I, I wouldn't say arm strength is better, but his I mean his arm strength is great, and Cam Newton's arm strength is great. But accuracy is what cha- what to me divides these two. It is a you know a clear you know division between these two when you're talking about accuracy because this dude, bro, he, he can throw he can throw a bullet. In coverage, right in the receiver's hands. I've seen him do it numerous times. He was great for Ohio State. Ohio's, you know, uh, they loved this kid. You know what I mean? Like, great arm strength. He he can literally make, like Kev said, all the throws. He throws receivers open, which, you know, in the college game, that's the one thing that you have to see. Like, for the guys that you look at, that was the that more than anything else. If you're looking for an accuracy thrower, you want a guy that can throw a guy open. Like, you see he's covered, but you know, okay, if I throw a little bit to the inside, if I throw this ball four yards into the inside, he's going to go and get it. And he does that constantly. He does it constantly over and over and over again. I love seeing that about him. I mean, great, obviously, he's an elite mobile quarterback. He's 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 like he's Cam Newton. He, he's got speed, and when he gets in the open field, he's hard to tackle because he's, he's big. He's 230 pounds, 6'3". I mean, he's not, he's not a little kid. So, you know, he's a big dude. I think, I think he definitely has room to improve when it comes to like finding blitzes. He's, he's, you know, he got, he got sacked a lot last year. Like Kev said, uh, uh, he got sacked a lot last year because he has trouble finding the blitzer. Um, you know, that, that has been said over and over again about Mm -hmm. him. You know what I mean? He has trouble figuring out where the blitz is coming from. And when he sees the blitz, he, he freezes up. Sometimes you'll see him, you know, getting ready to make a pass, see a a defender come in. And it's just like, it's like, he has that, Oh shit moment. Like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, and he doesn't react well to that. Um, which is why Kev said in that game, they got, they got smashed. But I think those are all things that you can fix. All of his big major issues, you know, his pocket awareness and, you know, freezing when the blitz comes and, you know, seeing blitzers before the play, uh, figuring out where the rush is coming from, you know, figure out all that stuff is stuff that they can work on and fix. So to me, he's going to be really good in the NFL. Like this is a guy that, you know, I'm trying to take in my dynasty leagues, you know, especially like two QB leagues this is a guy I'm trying to get because I think his upside is just through the roof. Yeah, uh, it's we still don't know where these guys are going to go. So that's always got to be something that we that's got to be. But for for sure, I, I think Justin Fields could be, you know, definitely could be one of the uh, he could be one that even in redraft that winds up being a starter in week eight and could really just propel your team because he's going to get you 50 yards rushing in the game and he's going to you know obviously the passing is going to be there but just the 50 yards rushing is already like getting you 125 yards passing so you know that rushing is going to be huge and this is got guy that you know, is going to going to have to run the ball a little bit in his rookie year, kind of like Jalen Hurts did last year. Um, you know, but all right. So Trevor Lawrence, Trevor um, Lawrence. 
we don't really got to get into too no. much. I mean, it's there's nothing that we can say that hasn't been said. The guys, you know, the most touted prospects since Andrew Luck, blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, literally, like the one thing I will say, like noted watching him, like usually, so like when I watch college football, the big, the one of the biggest things to notice with quarterbacks is the hash marks. Because they're so far wide, they're so much you know further apart now that that throw from the far hash mark to the sideline yeah. sometimes seems like it takes forever to yeah. get there, and you're like, why is he throw so slow? And you're not even <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not, not even you realize that yeah. like yo he's throwing like an extra four yards because yeah. this the hash mark so far. With Trevor Lawrence, you don't even notice that man. Like he, you don't even notice it. His awesome. his arm is so good man um the only thing that i that and you talked about it with justin fields he has to because in the big games lsu particularly in the championship last year uh two or two two championships ago he has to throw throw wide receivers open better that's the one thing i will say about trevor lawrence that i would you know other than that the guy's the first overall pick for the, the reason for you know what he is. He he's he's awesome. Yep. But in the NFL, you got to throw your receivers open. You can't just wait for them to get open and then hit them. Um, that would be the one thing that I would say. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I would like to see him do is throw his receivers open a little bit better. Yep. Like like Kev said, there's not really much you can add to Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows about Trevor Lawrence. Everybody's seen him play. If you haven't seen Trevor Lawrence play, then you just watch no college football at all. Because yeah, the, right? the dude was on primetime like all the time. Like I mean like he's been the playoffs every his whole career. Yeah. And he's <laughs> three year career. He's in the, he's won the awesome. championship, been in the championship yeah. and was, you know, He's awesome. He got knocked out by Justin Fields. Yep, and he's awesome. And Justin I, Fields game and it was just ridiculous too yeah. in, that, in that against Clemson. But. Oh yeah, but you know, all, he has all the attributes to be a great quarterback in the NFL. I have nothing bad to say about him. I think the only thing I will say is, and it's not bad. It's in the in and it happens in college because college, like when you have a really good wide receiver on your seat on your team, he obviously had T Higgins. Um, when you have a good wide receiver on your team that you know can get open, you, in college you'll see those guys get targeted a lot. Like they're over mm-hmm. and over. And he does he did do that a lot. Like if you look back at T. Higgins stat lines, you'll see two, three touchdown games, 150, 180, 200 yard games where Justin Fields is just throwing to nobody. <laughs> Higgins mm-hmm. over and over no, again. No, Lawrence. Lawrence was throwing to nobody. Oh, Lawrence, that's what I meant. Lawrence He's is just Yeah. Give me DJ Chark. <laughs> <laughs> For real. And he did get locked into guys. Uh and and to me, there's the you know, that's that's a good thing when you in have a college, good wide receiver. College, yeah, you can, can do that. Do that exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a it's like, not a knock on him. And I'm not saying that's gonna hinder him in the NFL, but no. that's if I did have any one thing that I would say is he did get locked into one receiver where, you know, he would throw to guy he would throw to T. Higgins. T. Higgins had games where he was like 15, 18 targets. Like he just <laughs> yeah, he caught him. Like he, you can't say anything about about it because he's throwing him and he's hitting him and he's scoring touchdowns. Like T. Higgins, you look at T. Higgins, just look at T. Higgins, you know, highlights, and you just see over and over again just throwing his dude touchdowns. But yeah, it, it, you know, other than that, this dude is by far, you know, 
the number one pick. I, I, all these other guys, you know, to me, all have things that I don't like about their games, and this kid doesn't have any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like he sees the blitz, yeah. you know, he sees the blitz well. He sees the field well. Like he, you know, he moves around the pocket well. He can run. You know what I mean? He, he reads defenses. Yeah, he's very six well. foot six. You know, what <laughs> I mean? so he can see over. You know, offensive linemen. He doesn't have to worry about you know guys putting their hands up and batting his balls down and all that other nonsense that you have to worry about. So. You know, Trevor Lawrence, nothing much more to say. He's 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 the real deal. Nope. So there you go, guys. That is the quarterbacks next week. Uh, we talk. We are going to try and do two podcasts next week. I don't know which days Steve and I didn't get into the two the days, but we are going to break down running backs and then we are going to break down pass catchers. So those two podcasts will be next week. That'll get you six set up for you know the following week's draft. Um, and we are talking about a little surprise, possibly. So we'll bring that possibly to you next week as well. Uh, come up with the the a little surprise episode uh, before the draft following week. So, um, yeah, until next week when we do these running backs. Peace out, guys. Peace.